one of the trainers who seemed to be working with a number of these people, his name was Charles Pollockman. And he's like, mm -hmm. yep. you know, there's plenty of geniuses out there who maybe are a little rough around the edges that it kind of turns a lot of people off. Mm. But I don't think that means we have to not then look into the genius, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I went, I went and even learned and mentored with this guy. And I mean, if my form was off, he'd like hit me in the chin or something. I mean, he was like an intense person. <laughs> so, so I could see how people would like, like my wife, you know, went to learn nutrition from him and she was just totally offended and, and hated. Guy, you know? <laughs> so, I, I really am not even going to repeat some of the quotes that he said, but, um, and welcome to the Darren Woodson show. Uh, today, uh, Ben, Darren, and I, uh, all like literally when, when we, when we were talking about this, like there's that like cringe moment, right? When you yes. talk about knees, yes. right? When you yeah. talk about like catastrophic injuries to the knee, we all either immediately felt it or yes. like directly someone next to us yeah, dealt you with catastrophic. We could relate yes. to this, to, yes. to the knee injuries. I've seen them personally. Uh, ben, I couldn't wait to get you on because there's so much oh, to talk about uh, as far as uh, the knees, the knees over toes, and and, and I don't want to you know steal your your. your it's the only your thing I do in. on this show is but I man, like this bring is, us in. I'll just shut up after this. Like. But I'm, I'm hitting Ben to my right here, my the co-host Ben, and I'm I'm talking to Ben yesterday about man. Did you see? Have you really looked at the at Ben Patrick's Instagram page? Like what he's actually doing? And he's like, yeah, man, he's gonna be on the show tomorrow. Just ask him the question. Stop asking me shit. <laughs> so uh, I couldn't wait to get on, man. Uh, Look, let's let's go back before we go get into that. But let's start with your childhood, man. Where are you from? What were the family dynamics growing up? Oh well, um, I'm from San Jose, and um, my parents then moved to Florida when I was about six. Mm -hmm. And they're just honestly just some really hardworking people. Um, my mom, they they actually like both work for me now in my business, <laughs> and um, awesome. my my mom's my hardest working employee, <laughs> so. Wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't really know another way of life other than like just really trying to work hard and, and help people. That's always the kind of people they've been. So I was so lucky for that, you know? Yeah. So at a young age, you have siblings. What's the family makeup? Uh, Only child. Just, just me. Okay. Yeah, just mm. me. All right. So, yeah. so what brought y'all from, from the Bay to, to Florida? Um, they wanted to like basically run office buildings. Uh -huh. And in California, that was like just the, the, the market was already really tough to get into. Yeah. So Florida was a place that we could kind of like start fresh. Mm -hmm. And so I really went through that with them, mowing the lawns, mulching, painting walls. You know, I was like, I was really actually like a part, um, with them of that whole process and, and nothing crazy. It just created just a really stable life. Mm -hmm. Like I never really thought we had that much money. They always were like played it safer. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it was good for me as a kid to kind of, it's almost like a natural way of life. If we think of like, um, you know, if you go back thousands of years and your family lives on a farm and everyone works together or something, it, I kind of, you know, was used to that style. So mm. I, I think that benefited me just learning about, uh, work ethic and stuff like that. That's cool. Okay. So property management is essentially what they did is they, they managed. Exactly. So we're in real estate. So we, we yeah. understand that world yeah. really well. So, um, I mean, that's tough. I mean, there's always something, right? There's always something that, 
that's breaking, breaking or yeah. tenants are complaining about something or there's just the typical maintenance stuff. So that's hard work as a kid. So you said you moved there at six and, and really kind of yeah. your whole childhood, you just helped them out and worked, huh? Yeah. All the way through college and stuff, honestly, wow. until I start, until I became a trainer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So what, what was your sports background? Obviously you played basketball, but what was, what was your relationship with sports early on? I mean, I became really obsessed with basketball and I think that's not necessarily such a healthy thing to specialize in one sport super soon. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wasn't as athletic as other kids. So, you know, AAU basketball, I mean, you were just talking before we went on about seven-year-old football, flag football, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even, even by the time I was like eight or nine, mm-hmm. I knew like, like I was getting destroyed in AAU games, you know, <laughs> traveling around. So, um, so I, I knew that I knew that I was going to have to do something to be able to level the playing field, mm-hmm. not realizing at the time that just thinking hard work pays when it comes to like training your body. I basically ended up like destroying my knees at a very early age by trying, you know, every plyometrics program at nine, 10, 11 wow. years old. So, by the, mm. yeah. So by the, by the time I was 12, I already had chronic knee issues that didn't let up until my early twenties. So, you know? so, so did, were you looking at this? How were you doing your research on, on the plyometrics? Did you have a coach or were you doing this on your own? We would hire trainers, but not necessarily, we weren't necessarily in the, in the level of like having full-time trainers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. More like, more like, you know, maybe getting a few sessions with the personal trainer, buying whatever the high selling books were on the topic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Um, so I was, I was reading, you know, uh, even at a young age, I was reading book after book and, and trying stuff and, and assuming that like, if I just did more more more, that would, you know, mm-hmm. that would benefit my body. And mm. it, you know, if you're training for performance, you know, you went through a career. I don't think what I went through at a young age is really different than what just about any human body is going to go through. Even if that means aging, you know, you played in the NFL. So that means you're taking an amount of impact that someone might experience in two, three lifetimes worth by the <laughs> yeah. time you're, you're 25 or 30. But the, mm-hmm. the point is still the same. Like life is going to have its various, you know, impacts and things like that. And so I was kind of doing that. If you think about the knees and jumping, you know, knees are really the number one barrier in jumping. And so trying to specialize at such young age, not being able to jump high and thinking that, you know, just doing more and more and more to try to jump higher. Well, I, you know, I basically wound up with, with knees that didn't develop the way a normal kid's knees should develop. So, but when you were young, was the goal to be the better best basketball player or was it just, you just wanted to get your vertical up or was it? No, I I wanted, I thought I was going to go to the NBA, you know? And and so I've always been, um, delusional but realistic at the same time meaning delusional thinking i I thought i was going to be the next john stockton you Mm -hmm. know and and make it to the nba but being slower than our kids and stuff i was i was realistically putting in the work that's that's what i was known for as a kid that all my teachers knew me for that it's just i was the absolute psychotic kid about you know trying to make it in basketball yeah so even even once I went through various knee surgeries and, and was working for, you know, my parents at the office buildings at 18, 19, 20, I got, I got no recruitment out of high school at any level. Mm. I missed so many games for my knees, surgical alterations. I still thought somehow it's going to make it in basketball. And that's mm. really what led to this journey. I, I didn't stop trying to fix my knees. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's interesting. Hard work is an interesting concept because 
we're told, hey, put in the hours, put in the time, put in the effort, more is better. Up to a certain point, though, that's the part that they leave out is, is the, the, the diminishing, what is it? diminishing return. returns. So mm. you, in your mind, it was very logical to think, hey, I want to be the next John Stockton. I want to keep working and doing more, more, more. When the reality was, hey, if I take a step back a little bit, do a little bit less but more pinpointed training, it's actually going to boost me a lot further. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a point I didn't want to skate by because yeah. we think, and that, that can go for anything, business, family, whatever. We think more is always better, but not necessarily. There's a, there's a diminishing returns there. So it, it's interesting that you discovered that. And so you mentioned at 12, you started having chronic knee pain because of this overtraining. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what did life look like starting at 12? What, what did the knee pain and, and things like that do to your career? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember at 12, like, going to school and like if a fire alarm went off, you know, I'd be freaked out if it was a real fire. Cause like I had to be super warmed up to even like run like other kids. I couldn't go play. I couldn't go play it. Yeah. I couldn't go play at lunchtime and stuff. I would have to get so warmed up just to play basketball games and, you know, have the stuff wrapped on my knees and stuff. And I remember when I was like 14 and I went into high school, even the the head coach, of the team nicknamed me, like my nickname was the old man, you know, and I was 14 and you know, so those are key formative years. Your testosterone is there. Like certain things should be building your body. Mm -hmm. But when your knees are that bad, now you like, you kind of miss out on that window because you're not able to put the pressures that you're supposed to put. Mm -hmm. So, so by the time I was 18, I mean, yeah, I really wasn't even supposed to play basketball anymore, just based on partially artificial kneecap, quad tendon repair, meniscus transplant. Um, and and then it looked like I was going to have to have more surgeries. Like, my knees only got worse from there. Oh, yeah. wow. um, so talk to us a yeah. little about your mentality. Tyler did a great job of, of introing this earlier. You have this dream, you have this goal to be the next John Stockton, yet reality is telling you, I can't even play basketball anymore, much less play college basketball or pro. What, what's your mental state during this process? Well, I was, I was depressed. I was hooked on painkillers, and I kind of hit rock bottom at the point of trying to be a basketball player. And so I really was faced with the decision then of like, do I just give up basketball or not? Right. And I remember just making a very distinct decision that my decision then became, okay, I'm no longer worried about trying to be a basketball player. My goal in life now, and I'm okay if I, you know, completely fail in the attempt, but you know, working with office buildings would be cool. And I could always do that. But if all I do with my life is try to figure out how to bulletproof my knees just to even be able to go play basketball, you know what I mean? With Mm -hmm. friends and not have debilitating effects. I basically devoted my life to that. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was 23, I got a full ride division one scholarship to play basketball. Huh? Okay. So walk (laughs) us through, so walk us through that. Yeah. Walk (laughs) us through that process from, okay, Hey, I'm, I'm at rock bottom. I got to make a decision up until that. What was all, all involved in that, that that window? Five years there. Yeah. So it's almost like I was fortunate that, not every trainer thinks that w- this way, but the entire process from 12 to 20, I never had a trainer who didn't say, don't let your knees over your toes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, knees back. Keep the knees back. Keep the knees back. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, humans, we're not perfect, and we're, we're generally making decisions that we're trying to do the right thing. And it's very, it's very logical how that could seem like, okay, it, you know, that's the position the knee hurts in. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So let's avoid that. That's a very logical decision to make. Okay. Don't let your knees over your toe. There's more pressure on your knee when it is over your toe, but 
what does that solve? Where does life go from there? Because actually when you stop bending your knees, for example, like to bend your knees all the way, your knee has to go over your toes. Like you can't, you can't do like a, an all the way down squat, for right. example, like your knees have to go over your toes. Yeah. When, when we stop bending our knees like that, we signal to our body to stop producing the synovial fluid there. That's literally what allows us to have lubricated, smooth joint movement. It, it brings the nutrients to the area. And, and I would see, you know, uh, people who could, you know, do this without pain and stuff like that. And it's obviously I wanted that ability, but is forcing it there the answer? No, no, no. When you, when you have a problem and you just try to force it, that can create like short term, that could create a disaster. But when you have a problem and you completely avoid it, that's almost guaranteed to give you a long-term disaster. And that's exactly not, you know, I'm one case and you can't really justify a whole thing on one person or something like that. Even my results with thousands of people, you still can't really maybe justify something just on thousands of people. Mm -hmm. But if you literally do research on say like epidemiology of, you know, knee problems like across entire populations and stuff, it's almost impossible not to come to the conclusion that the more we limit our knees, the more knee replacements and and major issues we wind up with. Mm -hmm. So the solution there, because I've now had thousands of conversations with people, I would definitely argue I've had the most conversations with people with knee pain. And so I can at least tell you that the two common denominators of virtually, you know, at least 99% of people with knee problems, meaning like their knees are are quite literally affecting their happiness in life. You know what I mean? It's one thing mm. to have a little knee pain. It's another thing that it's that it's really like holding you back in life. And it's always one of two things. They're either trying to force their knees through, you know, whatever activity hurts, or they're taking that approach of trying to avoid their knees. And so what my career ended up becoming devoted to was figuring out how to regress these qualities to where you don't work through pain, but you do actually gradually get to where you can have your knees over your toes. You can bend your knees without it hurting. And then we see that honestly gives over a long period of time what seems to be like a shocking result. But really, muscles change the fastest. Tendons, if people are talking about knee pain, they're not talking about their muscles. They're talking about the tendons mm-hmm. or the ligaments mm-hmm. most of the time. So the tendon takes longer to develop, but it can strengthen and grow. And then ligaments take it even longer to develop. Mm-hmm but they can also strengthen and grow. So the moment we say, don't let your knees over toes, don't bend your knees all the way. The moment we say that, we start becoming more muscle dominant beasts, meaning we quite literally are not stimulating the tendons and the ligaments. We're not stimulating the joints as much to be strong. We are stimulating them. We can still stimulate the muscles to be strong. So I think in football, I feel like Darren would have a lot of reality on as a career goes out of the necessity to compete and survive on the field and be able to make plays and run fast in these things, we become more muscle dominant beasts mm-hmm. and our internal strength is not actually up to par with the external strength. Mm-hmm. Am I off base there? No, you're you're right on. You're right on. Cause I think right. about, I think yeah. about what you're training and, and you're, you're training your body in these fixed movements, yeah. limited range of motion that you're talking about. Right. But when you're in the reality of the sport, is your body moves in those, in those angles and, um, and you know, the depth of it. And, you know, when you're backpedaling or you're making a tackle or, you know, you're changing direction, you're bending your knees in certain ways. And if you're not training it that way and you're not strengthening it that way, 
I mean, but you know how much? I mean, I, I, just going back on my time in the NFL, how much time did we actually? And my time is different than your yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. You know, in my time it was heavy squats. You're loading up on the squats. I mean, heavy bench. He- everything was heavy, heavy, heavy. There was no flexibility in in doing anything. But but, but that age, that era, squats were go deep. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So yeah. you're actually so your knees actually were, we're coming forward, forward. Yeah. as opposed to like I went through I went through a program where it was like, okay, act like you're up against a wall, your toes are up against a wall, mm-hmm. and everything goes back. So you activate your glutes, your hamstrings, yeah. all of that. So everything's back. That was the new age squat because that's what gets you explosive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you're activating and strengthening everything. The difference is and, and we talk about this, the difference in injuries versus the nineties versus now oh, totally different. Totally yeah. y'all yeah. didn't have the same kinds of yeah I, I would say look I, I know we're going off on a tangent yeah, we're going off on a tangent but the, the I, injuries I, the injuries are there but have the same statistics of injuries increased yes they have okay I think that's what I think that's what Darren was about to say is that yeah like, yes yeah. people are always like for sure it's not like yeah. there's gonna be a no injury point but again I was trying to say like with the broader statistics are the stats increasing right like like did avoiding did avoiding our joints solve the issue it did not no yeah. has that been correlated also with an increase of injuries yeah it has mm-hmm. so let's go back on so you were what 20 years old when you when you went back and you were 23 years old right and started playing right so from 20 to 23 i basically got myself healthy enough that i was able to market myself to a juco team become mm-hmm. the starting point guard and then actually get a full ride Division One scholarship to Boston University. Okay, but you weren't as, as informed as you are today, currently, as no, far as the no, need, right? So what was it? Close, what, not even close. How did you get yeah. informed, or what was it that you decided I'm going to do? I'm going to go down this path to get my knees where they need to be. Great question. Exactly. So now let's get into like some really valuable stuff that people can start applying here. Okay, so. From, from that point at 20, now I'm 30, it's just been a gradual learning process. But there was this very distinct difference between avoiding knees and then trying to actually face my knees. And it was based on a quote that I saw from an Olympic trainer. And as you know, Olympic trainers are actually not necessarily the more popular ones. The more popular ones are usually guys marketing with, with famous pro athletes, mm-hmm. whether they've really done the program or not, right, you right, know, right. like the, there's the marketing of it. There's versus the actual, you know, truth of what's going on. And so with, with certain Olympic sports, it's like, you know, if you're a little bit injured here or there, like you can't go set a world record, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's an, I feel like it's an interesting area. And I saw, because of just extensively um, now researching on the internet, you know, like in the nineties, it wasn't for, at least for me, like it wasn't as much internet now in the two thousands. Now it's like internet and Google. So I was able to, to dig and find a lot more outlier information. And so the outlier information I was finding of people who made these kind of knee transformations, right? Cause I was still this crazy guy, you know, trying to fix my knees. Mm -hmm. And so the outliers, it seemed like we're all people who could do this knees over toes stuff and people who were saying, no, no, no. The, the solution is actually to, to train your knees over your toes. And it's the opposite of what we're being told. Now, most of these were more elite athletes than I was. And so 
they didn't really have it down to a system of like regressions, like what I've had to do because they were at least national level athletes, even at the time they got hurt or whatever. You know what I mean? I wasn't even a, a good enough to get, you know, any level of, of college recruitment at the time right. that I was getting bounced out of basketball. And one of the trainers who seemed to be working with a number of these people, his name was Charles Pollockman. And he's like, mm-hmm. yep. you know, there's plenty of geniuses out there who maybe are a little rough around the edges that it kind of turns a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that means we have to not then look into the genius, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I went, I went and even learned and mentored with this guy. And I mean, if my form was off, he'd like hit me in the chin or something. I mean, he was like an intense person. <laughs> so, so I could see how people would like, like my wife, you know, went to learn nutrition from him and she was just totally offended and, and hated. Guy, you know? <laughs> so, I, I really am not even going to repeat some of the quotes that he said, but, um, so, but to me, I mean, I didn't care. I just wanted my knees healthy mm-hmm. and some of these concepts, um, which start out very simple, but maybe as they progress, they seem scary, you know? And so I, I feel like even where I'm at now, I feel like my, journey has to actually be on making this stuff simpler so let's go let's go through these these steps in order so the first thing that started working for me was the concept of forgetting about trying to do forward forward everything's acceleration and speed and 40 and 40 yard dash and all and actually trying to get better backwards mm. so i found out i was very weak backwards mm. so i would have my buddy like sit in the car with it in neutral and then put my butt against the bumper and just go backwards until my legs were on fire. And funny enough, that was probably the first workout I did that actually got my leg muscles to work that my knees didn't hurt, you know, it was mm-hmm. going backwards. Mm-hmm. And I, and I found out you can just hop on a, on a treadmill, turn it off, put your butt against the thing and actually get it to spin yourself backwards. Mm-hmm. So of course it looks totally weird. And, and the whole idea is that you're going backwards, but, but Darren could probably relate that like, someone with a debilitating knee injury is not going to be able to backpedal correctly. Like it's not going to look right. That's right. You know, like it's different and you're using different muscles than what it's on a 40 yard dash, you know, running a 40 yard dash versus being able to slow down from a 40 yard dash are really like two different abilities. You know, someone could be, someone could be fast, but still be fragile. Mm -hmm. So, so I, but this is where I was. I had given up on the idea, you know, maybe still in the back of my mind, but I had stopped, trying to play basketball and started trying to figure out how to play without pain. And right. so it was like the, the whole training went from trying to run fast or trying to jump high to trying to go backwards better or trying to land better, these concepts. So even in older people, we've now seen crazy results just from them walking backwards, come to find out uh, they've been using this, you know, in Asia for thousands of years. They actually have their elderly walk backwards in order to prevent cartilage breakdown in the knees. Mm. So, so my philosophy now is kind of like walking backwards could probably keep your knees strong enough to continue walking forwards this life, you know? Mm. And, and even when some studies have been done, I hate to rely on studies, but it is just interesting that some doctors determined that backward walking alone is an effective screening process for falling down the stairs. And if you look at going down the stairs, Every single step is your knee over your toe, your knee over your toe, your knee over your toe. Mm -hmm. And now if you were to look in the mirror right now and go to take your first step backwards, it's knee over toe. All right, we're going to take a real quick break uh, from this amazing conversation that we're having today. Uh, And, you know, talking about longevity and wellness, uh, recovery, making sure that, that you are providing your body with the rest that it needs to, to build up 
the ligaments, the muscle tissues, all the things that, that, that we're talking about today. And nothing is more pivotal than the sleep that you get on the sleep number bed. Uh, I know me being a 45, it's as close to, you know, my sleep number being 45 is close to 44 as I could get, but you know, I was one <laughs> off. Uh, but, and Darren, you're the same. Uh, the, the, the science and, and technology that sleep number has implemented into their systems and their bed um, is absolutely astounding. And the difference yeah. in how we sleep and recover and monitor that yeah. as well, it's, if it's a game changer. If your goal is the quality of life and to change your quality of life and want to be want to start recovering from those long workouts or those long days, and just understand that the technology is there nowadays. Mm-hmm. Sleep Number has provided that technology, the great software, the, you understand where you are, and it's, and it's, it's the VIP service. You, you're able to look at your own uh, you know, look at this technology and understand this is about you. This is yeah. your sleep habits and this is what's out there. So sleepnumber.com, go and check them, check them out. Uh, the beds are awesome. Uh, all three of us are enjoying our, our and time. It, and if them. you have any questions, go to your local sleep number. You know, most everyone has access to a sleep number store somewhere within driving distance. Just go through the process. Listen to the people in the store. Walk you through it. Test it. Find out your number. And I guarantee you, if you have trouble going to sleep at night, man, with people and cameras and all that, I dang near fell asleep just yeah. testing these beds. <laughs> so I highly encourage you, sleepnumber.com or going to your local store. So this would be like a really foundational level, not necessarily miraculous results, but maybe when continued for a long period of time, pretty great results. So by the time I even had my own gym and stuff, the the whole gym was centered around having sleds that you could easily turn around to just go backwards, 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 Mm -hmm. backwards. And I I would just have people just going backwards, um, dragging sleds at totally pain-free levels. So it's almost like a dragging a sled is almost like a tool from strongman, but we're not thinking about maximum weight we're thinking about like five minutes or something like that Mm -hmm. so this 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 concept of backwards that actually is the lowest level of knees over toes training and so it kind of gives some insight there that if you improved at that with your knees over your toes you would actually be a little more protected to decelerate or to jump which requires your knees to put the pressure over the toes from there imagine now going down the stairs and think that that hurts Okay, a stair is about six inches. What if we made that like two to three inches? And then instead of having your full body weight, what if you had a PVC pipe, you know, to balance and to give some assistance? So most people who can't go down the stairs without knee pain, which was me, they actually can work on that exact ability at some level and perform a high amount of repetitions and then gradually build up. Remember I said earlier that your muscles, they can adapt faster, yeah. but the tendons and ligaments take more time. Mm-hmm. So this is an example of where you see these kind of miraculous results is by embracing that it is a a longer term process. But if you continually embrace the level that you can do without pain, well, then your tendons get a little stronger and your ligaments get a little stronger. And over time you build up. So now I do like in my training on Mondays, I only do this once a week, but I do a six inch step, which is the average step that used to hurt to go down. And I have my own body weight on my back with a bar. And I very comfortably pain-free can do sets of 20 reps. And this is why I can jump high. It would, it would be almost impossible not to be able to jump high if one knee at a time with strict form could go upstairs backwards with your own body weight on your back. Do you see what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the exact angle mm-hmm. that the knee is in to jump. Mm-hmm. But 
someone could easily misapply that and try to do that when really they're at a much lower level. So your, your guiding thing is that you're never working through pain. But anyone could apply or misapply that data. But so far we've established really two levels of, of going backwards as a family of exercises and then doing a reverse step up as a family of exercises. And so those are really like the foundational levels. And then the ability to do like a deep knee bend, which we would elevate the heels because that's actually going to put more pressure on the knees, but it follows the same train of thought of, well, at what level can you do that without pain? And so some people might need to be assisted. So rather than just avoiding a deep knee bend by doing it assisted, most people find out they actually can do it. And then maybe over a period of months, they now see different muscles changing. And now it's like they're living with a different pair of knees because they gave it time for the tendons and ligaments to adapt. Hmm. But is that going to win an NFL game in a, in a few weeks? Or is that going to sell tickets for jump eight inches higher in eight weeks? Because that's all the programs I was buying right. back hmm. when I was having problems. Hmm. Whereas now, people see my, I've made like an insane jump transformation to now over 40 inch jump and I can do all these dunks and stuff, which I never dreamed of. I never thought I'd be able to dunk. And now dunking is like a joke. It's so easy. And I've, I've even dunked in professional games in Europe and I'm still jumping higher at 30 than I ever have. But I don't even advise people to try to gain more than two to three inches a year of vertical jump. And that program has never sold. I'm going to try to make it sell somehow, (laughs) but gain, Two to three inches of vertical jump in 52 weeks of precise training mm, has never yeah. been purchased before. That's Do you not, see what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You've gone against all the rules. Exactly. But if you could keep <laughs> that up, if you could keep that up for an extensive amount of years, you actually can directly manufacture professional level athleticism for whatever the sport mm. is, regardless mm. of genetics. Now, everyone's still going to be have a different starting point genetically. No, it doesn't mean everyone's going to be the exact same, but I've seen now from experience, you can manufacture, whether it's NBA-level jumping or NFL-level speed, you can manufacture these things, but not in an eight-week program because if we were going on that premise, we would be directly ignoring the fact that we are not just muscles and that we have tendons and ligaments. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily sexy you see what i mean yeah. and it's it's very it's very easy to see i completely understand why someone would think don't let your knees over toes and why someone would think to just load up with heavy weights but what we're seeing is that it, even then it, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach so i got a text message two days ago that an nfl team right now that once a week they all do that exact step up exercise that i was talking about now i don't know if i don't know how well the strength coach is coaching the form but I can bet you that they are still doing their heavy weights and they're using that as accessory work. So my entire system for a football player would probably be considered accessory work, not trying to, uh, you know, let my ego get in the way and try to think that it should replace the mm. things that have been successful for football players. You see what I mean? Yes. Now in basketball, our bodies honestly are a joke compared to a football player. Typically a basketball player is going to be taller and it's going to have to master shooting or various skills. But if you actually look at like the measurables of the, the muscle and strength and explosiveness of football players, they have to have actually much more muscular potential, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's, just, that's just obvious looking at the bodies. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So for a basketball player, you, you could probably just use my system and just flourish for a career. And for a football player, it might make you feel 
like your body's not falling apart as much, but you're still going to have to have that power to play football. Can you imagine going into a game and not having to take a tortall shot to get your knees oh to feel okay? Gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but it's like does what he was talking about. Like, it does now. It's like what exactly. he was talking about earlier, though. We, we either avoid it altogether yeah. – or we just do things that don't cause it pain, or we shoot up mm-hmm. painkillers. We're mm-hmm. not we're not actually diving deep because that takes effort, that takes time, that takes a lot of thought to actually dive into the issue. Ben, quite- and, and what's our current society? Not that entitled, <laughs> yeah. and instant gratification. Yeah, exactly. We talk about it all the but time. But the way our knees work, it's quite literally the opposite of entitled and instant gratification yeah. yeah yeah it's like trying to sell like a diet plan like hey lose one pound a month for you know for a year right <laughs> who's gonna buy that it's the same <laughs> thing like who's <laughs> gonna buy that but, right. Right. but okay hey look you make a lifestyle change follow this hey three years from now you're 36 pounds and it's sustained and you're healthy and you're mobile and all these benefits that you're gonna receive but we as a society it's so hard to mm-hmm. it's so hard to grasp that you're so, right the, the lifestyle and and that's where my job, if I want to take responsibility and help people, I have to make this something smooth that people mm-hmm. can make a lifestyle. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So question, so, question for you on, so you say, Hey, look, I want you to do these movements pain-free. So we're going to take a you know a small step. We're going to start doing at what point, at what point do you say, okay, Hey, there's some pain, but we actually need to activate that because it's it, that pain there. And I'll, and I'll give you examples as, as why I had a hip issue when I was playing like a, my left hip and I couldn't get to a full squat. Like anytime I'd get to parallel, like literally shooting pain, like oh, up, yeah. up my yeah. body. Right. Yeah. I can and relate. Yeah. So I stayed away from it. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to get as far or I just can't go as heavy or whatever. Right. I can't do it. And definitely couldn't do anything. Single leg, nothing single leg. And so I, I mean, I dealt with this for like four or five years and it would kind of come and go and, and it would get to the point where even when I'd sprint and I'd, I'd explode out of like a start or something mm-hmm. like that, like it was like gut wrenchingly painful wow. until I got to, uh, the Cowboys and the strength coach here, who was a little bit more, I mean, he was Darren's yeah. Darren's yeah. strength coach. He's like, and we tried stuff and the trainers couldn't identify it and I had MRIs and nobody could know, like identify what the issue was. And and he said, all right, why don't we take a different approach and let's attack it a little bit. What motion hurts the most? And I was like, like a single leg squat, like a true single leg squat, not Bulgarian, where literally everything is isolated. We used to do them on these Smith machines, right, where it's in the rack and, you know, you yeah. load it up. And, and, and it would, we would get really heavy with that. Mm-hmm. Well, like uh, DeMarco Murray would do uh, like 275 for a set of five like single wow. leg squat, mm-hmm. right? Wow. And I couldn't do 135. And like, I'm supposed to be blocking for this guy, right. <laughs> wow. especially on my left leg, right? And so he's like, all right, let's work on it. And it was the most crazy transformation for me because yes, it was painful for the first like two or three weeks, but it wasn't that like, it just, it activated, it got it right to that point. Well, there was a deficiency is ultimately what we decided and literally pain-free. And then I ended up like, jumping way up in weight and I had mobility. I had all these things, but there was, there was this like, but you had to work through the pain, had to work through. So my question is, is at what point we feel pain and we just shy away from it? Do we actually push through it in a, in a productive way? So I do think that the worst is like completely ignoring a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think a level up from that would actually be trying to push through the problem. Yeah. But you are, you know, 
there's probably some more risk involved in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so for all these areas, I found that if we really just keep looking and keep looking and keep looking and nuancing it, then there's actually like some pretty wonderful regressions that mm-hmm. can get us there without having to work through pain. That yeah. meaning, meaning that exact ability that you were trying to get, mm-hmm. I could probably go into a gym with you right now mm-hmm. and show you some things that are just uncommon, but once you start doing them, they make sense yeah. that simply would have made that process less risky yeah. and maybe less painful in the process. But yeah. it's, the, it's the same goal of trying to get, of trying to get to that exact ability. Like your, your strength coach said it so well, which is like, what's the thing that, that hurts most? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like that thing that is the weakest link mm-hmm. that is actually like what we're trying to correct. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we, so I mean, I, we started I, at like yeah. zero weight. So it wasn't like, Hey, if it hurts, let's load up the weight and just attack that. It was like, but again, it was the process, right? It took, it took six months to get up to a level where I was like, okay, I actually look like an NFL player again <laughs> with the yeah. weight on the rack. But it was, it was a slow process, but yeah, I agree. But I, that starting with zero weight. I mean, that was very smart. You yeah. know what I mean? Like rather than continue to push a double-legged squat at X amount of weight, yeah. you know, to actually remove the ego and, and push from zero weight. Yeah. But it's also not like you're just, you know, balancing one leg doing curls and not putting any stimulus into it and and not like there there does have to be like a progression there you know what i mean right it's not just about the no weights you know there does have to be a a progression so it seemed like overall that was that was really smart and that's kind of um i mentioned like going just any category of walking or or dragging a sled or, or spinning a treadmill that's turned off backwards as like the lowest level of knees over toes Mm -hmm. and then and then reverse step ups is like the next level of knees over toes. Mm-hmm. And then I mentioned like figuring out how to get into fully deep squats without pain. But there's kind of a, a third step with the squat being like the fourth step. And that is doing it one side at a time. And it's, it's so uncommon, but it's actually like my favorite exercise mm-hmm. because, you know, how do you think my knees felt in a squat when one knee has like a partially artificial kneecap? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the other knee, the other knee had torn ligaments I didn't operate on. So one knee was like, too stiff told that it would never fully bend. The other one is super loose from torn ligaments. Mm. So, so, you know, it's not like, Oh, you, you have to do that, but it's a pretty cool step that you can actually work like, you know, fully deep one side at a time that regresses down to levels that my mom started doing it three years ago at 64. Cause she was struggling with her hips, just getting in and out of bed. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm, and, and she's thinking, what is the rest of life going to be like, if that's where I'm at at 64, you know? And, what is the reality? She would have been heading toward a hip replacement. Honestly, I mean, it's yeah. like so common now. Now she's 67 and she is sprinting. It's like unbelievable. No she's like, yeah. And she's even shown her exact process on that ass to grass split squat, which I had never been into a gym in my life and seen that done. Mm-hmm. It was really only being done scarcely by certain Olympic athletes and stuff. Mm-hmm. It is hard to take something that looks uncommon and then go into the gym. I, I get questions every day. Like, what do I do when people are looking at me weird for going backwards? You know, yeah, and it's like, yeah. first off, you're welcome yeah, for yeah. honing and improving your skill of yeah. being willing to think differently from the sheep. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But no, but seriously, like it actually is, you know, you can see why certain things would be harder to jump in and do different. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, that's just human nature. It's like very embarrassing to go and do something that's like completely different. You know, that, mm-hmm. that the, the trainer at the gym is going to come up and tell you not to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so there's a lot of ego taking your ego out of it yeah. and actually just being informed. 
Yeah. Just being informed. So at what age are you starting to see kids that are coming to you and, and, and going through your program? Because I would say like, like if I was informed at an early age and, and truly informed, then I would definitely be saying, okay, I want to come to you early because my whole deal wasn't, especially these two guys next to me, they wanted their verticals because, you know, <laughs> that old saying. White you, men can't you, jump, we get that it. That old saying, but you break all the rules, Ben, I'll give you that. But these two, still, no verticals, right? So at a young age, I, when I, they, could, I could fix that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that uh, maybe, hey, you know what? Well, I, honestly, you know I'm on to something. What if Dude. we do a vertical challenge? We get we get through this program. We work you on really that. Really want to do that? Ben, I, I, based you're, off you're of old ass, ben, your old ass, going to break. Ben, yeah, that's hundred percent. Do you really want to go there? Yeah. You know, even at my age now. Hey, yeah, I've seen you've seen, seen me jump. I've seen Ben jump too, though. I, but the, the cool thing is, you don't have to do a lot of jumping. Like, if you are an athlete, even if you can't jump high, like you do know how to jump. It's different than like being a kid and like you've never practiced jumping. Yeah. So the, the cool thing is that. Like I've helped a lot of people reach that dream of dunking, but not through making them go do a ton of jumping just by actually like, you know, correcting and improving these areas of the body. So if you did yeah. want to try it, I would just like text you exactly what to do and then teach you like a really safe warm up process. Yes. Here we go. We I am in. Are we I making the win. Right we now. Gotta, here's what we got to do <laughs> yeah. though is yeah. we have to do, okay, hey, where is your current vertical? And no yeah. like sandbagging it and doing that. Oh, no. <laughs> No. What's, what's, what is it? What is the growth, right? The best way to do it. The, the best way to do it is to use a basketball rim and make sure it's the exact same rim that you do the retest on. Because uh-huh. I'll tell you what, it is just too easy to kind of cheat and whatever with vertical jump test. Use a basketball rim and uh-huh. make sure it's the exact same court, the exact same rim. That's honestly the best way that I've found to do it. Okay. Mm, okay. All right. So I've never, literally, I've never been able to dunk. Never been uh-huh. able to. Ever. This is how I know you are a football player because the only way to get you to do a knee rehab program is that there that you're going to have a dunk competition. <laughs> I'm still trying to beat Ben in one of our challenges. I'm still trying to get him in one of them. Uh, he won't. He won't come see me in the wrestling room. So I know. I that. Hell no. I can't wait. Listen, but I need to. Do, I'll tell you this. I got to just throw it all out there. We a couple of years ago we had a retreat. And we played a basketball game, and Ben is over here at the end of the uh, at the end of us playing on. It was like uh, on a street. It wasn't even pavement. It, it was like yeah, it was it was rough. It, it was, was a rough, rough court. <laughs> we were lobbing the ball up trying to do ollie oops at the end of the game. I couldn't walk for two weeks. Oh <laughs> I've God. never had knee injuries my entire life. Ever. Even through football. Never not an MCL, ACL, nothing. I couldn't walk for two weeks afterwards. And I'm telling you now, as I age, and these two hear me all the time, but I'm always looking for ways to get better because I, I'm starting to see um my workouts are a little differently because I don't want to get down in those and bend down as mm-hmm. deep yep. because I'm starting to feel a little pinches here and there. You know, I want to go through the program. I want to figure out, you know, outside of us going yeah. through our contest, but just, you know, I'm not about the, the I don't need to be the, the 500 pound squatter anymore. It's not it. It's a quality of life yeah. where I want. Um, well, like get you to. said, you want to, you want to go through life pain free. Like yes. that's the goal. Yeah. The goal is to enjoy this short life that we have. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was one thing too. It's just like, you know, I started experiencing those problems early, but even if you've had never, never had knee problems your whole life, that doesn't mean they might not get really That's bad right, in yeah. your 50s, 60s, 70s. Right. And, and, you know, the American Academy of Orthopedic Physicians, like their job is to do the knee surgeries, mm-hmm. you know, yep. mm-hmm. um, and, and honestly give them credit for 
you know, doing phenomenal job at knee surgeries. However, the knee replacement rates are already oh. like through the roof yep. and they're predicting not just the number, you know, cause population size will increase. They're predicting the rate to at least triple by 2030. So this is like, it, it's, it's almost like we're all heading toward a mathematical, you know, likelihood of having to just have our joints yeah. replaced. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, so but it does appear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to your point, but, right. Okay. It's triple, but what does that mean to, uh, orthopedic surgeons and hospitals, triple the revenue, right? That's right. So, so how many of these orthopedic surgeons and are, are going to, Hey, promote, Hey, here's how you stay out of having surgery. They're right. not going to, and you've got to find these, these alternate sources for, for advice on longevity, avoid. And, and, okay. So you had a quote, right? You said an ounce of prevention, an ounce of prevention equals an ounce of, or a pound of, what was it? What was your I social think it was media like quote? an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure or something. Yes, that's it. That's it. I probably didn't even quote that right. That's now. it. No, that's exactly <laughs> it. But think about it, right? Think about if you prevent it, how, how, from a compounding perspective, how important that is to finding the cure yeah. if you're if you're on the front end of it mm-hmm. yeah you know i'm I, tyler you never had any knee injuries did you i had both my meniscus done and then yeah. like a sprained mcl yeah, yeah I, I had a severe acl injury my last year in college and i'm 100 percent convinced it was because of the lack of knowledge in my training it was it was a non-contact it was a plant that was the issue so you were talking about earlier decelerate being able to decelerate being able to land mm. those kind of mm-hmm. things how important they are i'm 100 convinced that's what led to my acl injury what about, talk to us about the knees, I mean, sorry, the ankles and the hips and the feet. So things north and south of the actual knee, how important are, do those play into overall knee health as well? They're a direct part of the process. And it would have been just more complicated to try to explain that stuff while trying to kind of make clear the idea of like backwards and reverse mm-hmm. step ups and that kind of stuff. Cause that's like the direct knee stuff. But yeah. as my system evolved from, from 20 to 30, one of the reasons I kept getting so much more athletic was actually by really addressing the ankle Mm -hmm. because even if your knee itself, even if the the tendons and ligaments of your knee improved a ton, well, I then did start getting delusional again about, you know, seeing how far I could take basketball, Mm -hmm. you know? And so Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't even enough. For example, the fact I could dunk, but I'm looking, I'm going now, wait a second, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, these guys are not just dunking off a two foot jump. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which you can build a lot of that strength in the weight room. These guys are flying in off a one foot jump. And so when I would go to do off one foot, it was like, wait a second now, (laughs) I don't have anywhere near, Mm. you know, I I could get, um, I could get like 10 foot 11 on like a, if I had a running start and jumped off two feet, meaning like 11 inches over the rim I could get and I could dunk. And, but off a one foot jump, only 10 foot one, I was 10 inches Mm, behind mm -hmm. on a one foot jump Mm. than a two foot jump. So as I, as I unwound this and then really built up the ankle system right along with the knee system, then they evened out. And now I'm actually getting a lot higher than 11 foot and, and dunking, not just off, you know, my dominant leg, I can dunk off either leg and off either plant. So I can dunk like all four types of jumps. You know how we usually gravitate and we have yeah, like, oh, like yeah, I'm a dominant jumper. I'm yeah. a, Two leg. No, 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 yeah. No. yeah. Co- Kobe Bryant has the most career dunks all four ways. And his, 
you know, and that's just one isolated piece of data, but his maintenance of athleticism was actually, you know, pretty astounding for the level uh, of, you know, beating that he put into his body. So the balance, and this has kind of been alluded to in different ways this whole time, he mentioned the ACL, your muscle power, you know, that's like determining. He said he injured the ACL, like, you know, planting, like a non-contact plant. Well, a little kid doesn't even have enough power in the muscles to create that impact into the joint in the first place. He obviously built that power and worked hard for that muscular power, but then the actual knee joint, the tendons and the ligaments weren't strong enough mm-hmm. to handle that power. Mm-hmm. So these imbalances, whether it's an imbalance in the muscles versus the joint itself, or even from one leg to the other, these actually play a big part in our chances of knee injury. You know, if mm-hmm. one leg, if one knee hurts to do something, the other doesn't, that, that's going to create really skewed mechanics in sport. Mm, right. Mm. So I know that's kind of a rant there, but I just mm. think that's gold. I just think that's a really important part of the equation is understanding that like your potential to exhibit power, you know, is going to have to be accounted for with each other area. Mm. And so I didn't realize I was building knees that actually my ankle. And when you go to do a one foot jump, you now only have one foot there, you know, mm-hmm. my ankle and foot could not handle the power of my knees. And so I had foot pain and shin splints. Oof. And so I thought I would never, even once I could dunk off two feet, I thought I'll never dunk off one foot. And I, you know, kind of like with the knees, I was honestly up and down between giving up, but not giving up and giving up and not giving up. And then finally made a, a break to just off the simple realization that my ankle had to be able to handle the power from my knees. And we're taking another quick break from the episode and talk about our sponsor, our partner, uh, Choctaw Casino Resort, Darren. You were just up there a few nights ago at an awesome, looked like an awesome event. Uh, first time we've seen it at night. And, yes. man, I'll tell you what, it looked like every bit of a, any five-star resort you could ever you go You know, to. They, we, we give Las Vegas all this credit, man. You don't have to go to Las Vegas. Just go to Durant, Oklahoma, uh, just over the border here in, in, in Texas, North, uh, North, North Dallas. And it's an hour's drive, man, and you get everything you want. Spa treatment, outdoor living, the pool, the if you have kids, you take you can take your kids to the pool. They have slides outside. And then one of the best casinos I've ever been oh, around. Man. It, it's a great casino. There was a 3,300 slot machine. New, 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 slot. new, new slot. slot. slot machine. Smells brand new. Everything is brand new in that, in that area. And then they have the event center. Always good concerts, great mm-hmm. concerts that, they, that they'll have or events there. And uh, just a great time. Great people as well, man. Just – I had a phenomenal time. They always talk about you never know who you're going to see. Mm-hmm. I saw Barry Switzer this past week, one of my former coaches, and there were a lot of other celebrities just walking around. So go up to Durant, Oklahoma, and have a good time. And we're excited that. to go up there, and we're going to be doing shows yeah. uh, this football season. Uh, we're going to be doing things, interacting. So, again, like you said, you never know who you're going to run into. Hopefully time it up weekend we're up there and come say hello. Yeah, we'd love to. So Chalk Talk Casino Resort, get yourself up there immediately. Yep. And have yourself a great time. Now back to the episode. And so we've now had like, I've counted five different NFL teams just in the last couple months who have started ordering like a piece of equipment that I've helped repopularize that was no longer being produced. It was actually more popular like in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. And it made you thought that thing you would kind of like put on your shins, but then actually like load weight onto it. Yeah. And your ankles. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I saw that on your YouTube channel. You doing the, uh, yeah. was anterior the, tibialis, the, the, those raises. Yeah. And, and that's really simple, but again, trying to sound all smart. Yeah. Yeah. So is, I'm pretty much so an anatomy is, book. So he's in, <laughs> yeah. Medical. So, I mean, building a building multimillion dollar business is simple too, but it's like, it's this, it's the strategy of what you're building. 
And so imagine if every time you did a bench press and, and when you do a bench press, it's not like you just put on 135 and do five reps. No, one, you're pushing like to your limit, you know, like you're pushing until the muscles can't go anymore. What if you did literally lifted weights with your shin muscles, with those tibialis muscles, which start under your patellar tendons mm-hmm. and then wrap to the inside and they finish in the arches of your feet. Mm-hmm. What if you took that to failure for every time that you did a bench press? Mm-hmm. And honestly, over the last four years, there's absolutely no way anyone on this planet has done more sets of tibialis raises to failure than I have. And I've, we have body weight ways of doing it. And we have various, you know, weight innovations now, which were really just friends, like not my business it's just friends reaching out and saying like, like what needs to exist that doesn't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so now what's going to be the long-term ramification of that? What the long-term, I'll say the long-term ramification is it, is that your wife is going to have to fight off all the chicks at the pool when they're looking at your tibia. (laughs) What is a tibia? Hey, boy, those shins look good. (laughs) Watching your videos, I noticed how developed your shins are. It's it's quite impressive. (laughs) I had to slide that in there somewhere. I'm sorry. I totally cut you off. You were on a roll and I'm sorry. We're children here on this end. I can erase this now because before I ever, before I was even on social media, and I just had my gym and was just helping kids. You can imagine I was training a high school football team mm-hmm. and I ended up, I ended up getting this high school football team, my local team and just the closest, the closest school to my gym. Um, we ended up having the most D one signees in America per player, like oh. it was a small school and it became like a D one factory, but I had 300 pound guys able to do this stuff that, Jeez. that like, you know, having the mobility of smaller guys. Huh. And so, and so one of the things that, became like part of our motto was like chicks dig big tibs like so So i I, I actually made up i made up a study so i I made up a study for these high school kids and i gave the team i gave them the key code to the gym so they'd be in there on saturday nights lifting weights with their shins and stuff and when you have a small when you have a team that has a very small number of players they ended up going undefeated beating teams that were ranked higher than them but you have to keep your guys healthy because you have so few players and most of these guys are playing two ways. So I had to get them to buy in to bulletproofing their bodies, Mm -hmm. not just making, you know, the big muscles go. So we had to do both of that. And again, what's the instant gratification? We're having to do more work now. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? We're having to do more work and more precise work that takes longer to see the dividends of. So I made up that there was like a study done that women don't even realize that they're actually attracted to these shin muscles. And so I told them they took like a thousand guys, they took pictures of their faces and then took the same thousand guys and took full body shots in shorts. Uh-huh. And that women subliminally don't realize that guys with, with stronger shin muscles are actually all more, you gotta do. more attracted. And these kids were in there on Saturday night and they could have been partying. Bunch of they're, in there, they're in there going backward on the sleds and lifting with their tibialis and Dude. stuff like that. And, and, and doing lighter uh, weight on the bar, but but elevating uh, the heels and doing full range of motion squats. That and stuff is, like that that. is genius. <laughs> that might be one of the yeah, greatest yeah. things that we've had on this show. Not, not yeah. only are you a, a physical training genius, you're a psychological genius. You're a wizard. <laughs> you're, you're a, you're a psychological a wizard. Are making shirts with that, and I can't even wear that shirt in any post, or I would get slammed and lose all my PR. And so I, now I'm like, no, no, no. Like. <laughs> 
you know, just anyway. send the residual check oh, to my man. PO box, guys. This, this, is, <laughs> this is a little random, but but speaking of your your following, I mean, you look on your Instagram, you got seven hundred thousand plus. You look on your YouTube, four hundred thousand plus. Talk, where I mean, where did that? When did that really? When did this training really take off? I know you mentioned you know Joe Rogan talked about you a little bit, and that kind of blew you up overnight. But at what point did people really start discovering you and what you're doing? Yeah, I mean. Joe Rogan definitely blew things up, but there's 99 other people that, you know, that it was working for them, that they had more followers than me posting about it too. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and and honestly, if you have like a big jump in business too, that's, that's not always even the best thing. So we were fortunate, like we really buckled down to be able to like handle that, that business and stuff. And, and we're super grateful for Joe Rogan, but I already had hundreds of thousands of followers, you know, mm-hmm. when, when he mentioned that he was okay. doing this stuff and, and yeah, I made my Instagram in May of 2019. So not that long ago, a little mm-hmm. over, a little over, you know, two, not quite two and a half years ago, I made my Instagram page and I made my first public YouTube post less than one year ago. And it has over 400,000. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, I've never put an ad on YouTube and, um, and on Instagram since about 200,000 followers. And I'm at, 800,000. Now I've never paid a penny on ad money. So I I think people have an idea that that social media, and and this is why I always avoided social media. It's like, I didn't, I didn't want to conform to that and lose my integrity, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and have to do, I mean, if you go on YouTube, sure. I have 400,000 followers, but quite frankly, if you search knees over toast guy, you're going to see more views on the videos of people saying, knees over toes guy exposed. Is it legit? Those views, those videos get more views than my videos mm. that literally show how to help people. Right. So, but long-term what will end up getting the most views, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, yeah. and I think that, I think that I just didn't, despite, you know, attempts to, to break my strategy, which my strategy is just put out what I wish existed for 12 year old me. Like yep. so, mm-hmm. every business decision I make is based on 12 year old me with knee pain, you know, like, what would have reached that kid? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so I just try to put out helpful stuff every day. Mm. And I think it's kind of now, uh, you know, there's people with much bigger social medias than me, but given the time frame and the field I'm in, it's been, you know, pretty astounding growth. And I think it's actually just proof that, you know, you don't have to lose your integrity. You don't have to become a, a machine of criticism. You could just channel, you could, just really channel your focus and your time into actually creating helpful, Mm. positive content. And it can work out. It's worked out for me better than I even hoped. You know, like I, I wrote down my exact goals and stuff and like my goal for this year, 2021, my goal was to get a hundred thousand followers on YouTube and I'm already over 400,000. And, and I've done that without having to make these, these critical YouTube videos and stuff mm-hmm. that people make with the shocking thumbnails that are like clickbait and stuff. You know what I mean? Right. The number one mistake about that, you know, like, um, so I've, I've been able to stick to, okay, what effect would this video have on the 12 year old me? Would it have gone through? Would it have provided helpful data that 12 year old me would have used and actually been able to like, you know, to do something, you know, about my knees rather than then going through eight years of, of avoiding them. You know? so, yeah. Isn't that the craziest concept? Yeah. Like yeah. try to actually help people be yeah. true to yourself, yeah. like be honest. 
Well, there's Do those truth, things. There's truth I mean, in that. Really? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, that's that blows yeah. my mind. Yeah, it's that, just, it's that, nice that, that. Yeah, it's nice that quality <laughs> content yeah, yeah. is still craved, right? Yeah, we're attracted to the car wreck. We're attracted to the fight. But quality content is still craved by, by mm-hmm. us. And you are that's what you're doing is you're yeah. putting out for free, by the way, your YouTube channel. You're not you're not charging anybody anything for that information, and yet you're just giving people good quality content that they can consume. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean Joe Rogan alluded to that and he said, Shit, this guy's putting out this stuff for free. But if he hadn't seen it for free, like as far as I know, I've never seen him like sign up for my program. Yeah. <laughs> so so as far as I know, he never would have seen that data. You see right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so now it's like, oh man, he got so lucky. Well, like I, I, I think of my bank account as like going to cash in on, on the help that I put out in the world, whether real or perceived, you know right. what I mean? Like, right. like, uh, you know, someone could have a swindle business and make a lot of money. I don't think that'll work out in the long run, but right. they're still going to cash in on whatever the, the perceived help is that they put out you know yeah. so yeah. if i if i was going to your site and i wanted to join the program join a program are you providing equipment as well or, or are you sending me to a location to buy that equipment yeah so i keep a list of all the equipment i use and i kind of went on a premise that i knew that equipment would change or evolve and i also knew that like i was trying to create a service that didn't really exist and if i started putting all my time into other things then i wouldn't really be as good at just making my program so mm-hmm. i'm like I'm like obsessive about the customer service of doing my programs. Mm -hmm. And so I just decided I would stay out of equipment stuff. Now I'm, now I'm always keeping my eyes peeled to it. If something does like need to be made to save people money. So nothing's that expensive right now, maybe in the one to $200 range, but there are still varying levels that to some people, maybe if I had something like 40 bucks that would allow the exercise to be done, then maybe mm-hmm. a lot more people might try it. I, you right. know, twelve-year-old me, forty bucks on Amazon, I definitely would have bought. You know, so yeah. that's actually mm-hmm. that's a that's an exact example of the first product that I'm coming out with, which is done in its like designs and stuff, and it's just a way to to save people uh, money. So at, at present, I don't even sell any equipment, nor will that stop me from then promoting the other equipment that are people like okay. like if something's already there and it's working correctly, like. I'm not going to try to just make the same thing. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I finally did have an idea that I went, oh my gosh, this is going to save people so much money. And I want to make sure that the price is low. So I'm just going to run it myself because I have my, the way that I run my business and you know what it stands for. And I already have my business so I can come out with something that's going to be really helpful and save people money and not really have to worry about the margins as much as long as mm-hmm. it, as long as it makes something to keep revving, mm-hmm. I can keep it lower than someone who's relying on their entire right, income from that. that. Yeah. yeah. That. So, so some, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll cut you off there. Well, but yeah, so that's, so that's where it stands right now is, is, is like I take it day by day. And as, as of right now, the only thing I deliver is these exact programs I'm talking about where myself and my staff of people who went through it. And now we're like, Hey man, I want to work for you helping other people do this where we actually watch your video of your form. Like that's the most important thing to us is that, you know, this data can be used correctly or incorrectly having someone to guide you along Mm -hmm. and, and actually watch video from the correct angles of your form. Even if it's online, is that as good as having an in-person coach? No, it's not as good but it's 4950 a month with no long-term contract. I'm yeah. trying to create 12 year old me couldn't afford a personal trainer all the time. You see yeah, what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So, so I, I've always, that's what's really worked out for me is continually making every business decision on 
what would have worked for 12 year old me. So it's a a 49 50 a month, but not only that, the first month is half off and there's no long-term contract. So many people sign up, all the data is there, get coached for a month and that's it for $24 and 75 cents because that, that I would have done at 12 years old, Mm -hmm. 49.50 recurring with some kind of contract. I don't know if I would have gotten my parents to go for that. You know what I mean? But, but 2475 to see how I liked it. And the truth is I would have liked, and I would have gone, geez, 4950 a month to now be able to do programming for my career. So so that probably would have, you know, and and it balances out some people lifetime members is really what, if if there weren't people just lifetime supporting that, then the price would have to be higher. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's happened to sort of balance out that you have people who are like, man, I just want to, it's, it's helped me a ton. I want to support it. I want to, you know, versus people who can really, you know, that's what they can fathom affording. It's like, you know, 25 bucks one time. Yeah. So there's, there's that, there's a product coming out probably in the spring. That'll be like, I'm hoping for like 39.99 to make, to, to be able to regress and make all these squats easier with the heels up and stuff, but still be like portable. And it's basically, I mean, I, I don't even mind. I don't even mind if someone copies this, go ahead and copy it. If anyone's listening, and you want to make a million dollars, do what I'm about to do. I'll also make a million dollars. You can make a million dollars. Write that down, Ben. So, yeah, down. I got it. <laughs> so, so you know how, like, you know how if we try to force that deep squat, and if we don't lift our heels up some, it can be just really tough on the mobility to yeah. get down there. Mm-hmm. And and also when we lift the heels up, it actually kind of engages some of the muscles more. That it, it actually is less painful on the knee because we have more of the recruitment of the muscles mm-hmm. and the, and the tendons working properly. And so slant boards are awesome for this. You know, if you're a pro team or whatever, just get the best of the best, have it all set up. But I started realizing just seeing like, like I was looking around and I saw like a doorstop. And remember I do a lot of this stuff on one leg. So a slant board is actually to like put a slant board on a step or this or that. It's actually kind of tougher to have a big thing. So I basically created like a doorstop, but it's like twice as big, strong rubber, and so you have two of them, so they fold together like a square right in a carrying case box. And you can just bring them out wherever, whether you're doing single leg or double leg. And you can position your feet because we also, you know, sometimes we don't like squatting like this. We like to have our toes maybe a little bit out for like right. what's comfortable. So you just set up one for each foot, and you can back your heels up whatever you need. So it's like super simple. Mm. But that, that just makes it a lot more affordable. And 12-year-old me could have gotten that, you know. Thirty nine ninety nine on Amazon for Christmas or whatever, and been busting out full range of motion squats and, and not run into so much trouble in the first place. Yeah, you know? that's so, awesome. So yeah. that's been my yeah. that's been my issue is ankle mobility, which has its direct effect all the way up the chain. So my ankles lack mobility, so now I'm not able to squat as low. Now I've got to lean forward to squat low. Now my low back hurts. So to your point, elevating those heels a little bit is going to take a little bit of that that mobility issue out of the way. But it's also going to activate things as well. Exactly. And again, well, long-term, it's going to be work. So we separately do work on the ankle mobility. We're not going to let the ankle mobility limitation make us now not be able to do other exercises, nor nor are we just going to do the other exercises and ignore the ankle. Do you see what I mean? So it's actually what we see works really well is just putting in the work on both of those categories rather than trying to shortcut it and just do one or the other. So I, I directly work my ankle mobility every week, and I also lift my heels up and don't worry about the ankle mobility and let myself focus on my knees separately. How much does the ankle mobility help your feet? Because as, as, as former athletes, man, that's one of the, I'm sure you're the same way, Tyler, getting out of bed. I mean, I, I can barely walk 
uh, specifically, it was after games, but now as I've gotten older, I'm, uh, as a former player, I still my feet are killing me when I get up at, in the mornings. There's only very like minimal preliminary studies, but they do say basically that the degree the ankle is limited, you start having foot pain, heel pain, mm-hmm. um, even like turf toe stuff is going to be more difficult. Yeah. So it just makes sense that, you know, in no quality do I think that the goal should be to push to something excessive. But I do kind of think of, uh, of the mobility as youthfulness and the strength as potency. And so if we want longevity, we do kind of need the two. And if we look at kids, like I look at my one-year-old and I'm like, oh, holy dude, crap, his yes. ankle mobility is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> lose <laughs> this. I got to, you know, before you go on that, I got a, I got a, a picture of my son. He's sitting there on his – Sitting on, he basically is on the ground looking up at the TV, and he's in a full. His butt is touching the ground, yeah. And I am so jealous. I wanted to kick him in the ass and just <laughs> ankle mobility, yes. yeah. knee health, hip mobility, all in one picture. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so I mean, so that does kind of leave clues, and it's kind of like you know, again, if you took a short term viewpoint and you just tried to like rip against your mobility, I don't think that would be giving enough time for the strength. And what I mean by that is that the mobility just kind of gives you access to train those muscles. So when your big toe is stiff and your ankle is stiff, like your, your foot muscles just aren't going to be developing the way they should. And so I was just like you, man, when I, even once I fixed my knees, cause I said how I didn't even used to do the ankle, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I was just doing the knee. Um, I remember getting out of bed and it was like, well, thank God my knees are healthy enough that I can like crawl on the floor to get to the bathroom. Cause my feet hurt so bad. If I had done like, if I had done like a dunk session the day before right. and, and my dad had really bad foot pain. And so I just was, I remember thinking to myself like, geez, like I'm in my twenties. If my feet hurt this bad now, my dad has foot problems. Like where is this going to be going? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, as far as where it's gone, if you go see any of my, I've been posting dunks again now that like, place has been opening up that I can go to courts. I literally wear barefoot shoes with no support and I'm sprinting and dunking with barefoot shoes with absolutely zero foot pain during the next day, anything else. So I I know that those foot, there's a lot of muscles and tendons in our feet. And if we, again, take that patience to let them develop, then the rest of life could be, you know, a lot better. Mm. Yeah, so something I want to hammer home, and, and you've alluded to it this whole time, but I really, I, a lot of the listeners that listen to our show aren't athletes, and, and they're not necessarily trying to dunk, and they're not necessarily trying to run or sprint or, or do any of that kind of thing. They're, they're office workers, they're parents, they just want to feel better. So why should somebody who doesn't really necessarily even do this type of training or these type of movements, why should they care about what you're talking about and your type of program? I mean, I love athletes, but I actually live more for that person because the, the need of us achieving certain athletic goals, unfortunately kind of created the training atmosphere that now regular people are thinking that that's all there is to training Mm -hmm. and now are winding up broken down like, like athletes. So, so, um, like, like, you know, no offense, but if you guys were to dunk, that would be awesome. But I care more that my mom is mobile at 67. Yeah, and funny enough, I'm actually, I actually would celebrate more if you guys dunked than I would celebrate if someone who's already can dunk now does like a between the legs dunk or something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. like that. So that's kind of like, I, you know, 
I wasn't the star athlete and I, you know, my joys have come more so from being able to do what I love without pain from being able to, you know, getting to even play in college and like having that shot because of being healthy, like that was more enjoyable than, you know, who's recruiting me or stuff like that. You know, like just kind of being able to, to be in the game and compete because, you know, not everyone, you know, even if everyone did this, there's still the same amount of spots in the NFL, you know, like it's not, um, it's just, would it be nice to see a slight reduction in the NFL injuries? That would be awesome. You know what I mean? Would it be nice to see that those knee replacement rates don't triple over the next 10 years? Mm -hmm. That would be nice to see. And, and even just, um, you know, freedom is where I feel like I get my most happiness from. And, and when I was 12, then I could have used my work ethic to like, to really bulletproof my body. And I would have been dunking in high school and stuff like that. You know, who knows where I would have gotten to, but at least I would have like had that freedom rather than basically just not even really getting a chance to, to mm. have those basketball right. moments that I wanted to have right. because yeah. my knees were holding me back. Well, as weird as it sounds, I'm, I'm glad you had to go through that because now look, look how many people you're impacting mm-hmm. because of that pain that you had to go through as a kid yeah. and as yeah. a young adult. I, yeah. I fundamentally believe now that like whatever we struggle with personally ourselves the most is actually like our blessing yeah. to be honest with you. Mm. Yeah. That, that's your blessing. That was deep. That's what you can. Yeah. yeah. Like that's actually, that's you know, and, and if we ignore that, like what if I had ignored that? You know what I mean? No, absolutely. I'd be, yeah. I'd be, I'd be very good at, yeah. at mulching and painting walls. Cause I was, <laughs> I was already pretty good at that. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was always a problem solver. I was like, dad, you know, I can paint that room like three times as fast as you and more accurately. Let me show you what I figured out here with the paint. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, we talk about that. I mean, think about, you know, looking back at times where, you, where you're going through something and you look back now and you can laugh. And you, you couldn't laugh at the moment, but you now look back and think, man, that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And so we talk right, about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah. as we wrap up, I don't know if you – do y'all have any other – Hey, look, man. We could I, go on for hours, I was but say, I want to hustle yeah. folks on the basketball court, bro. I want to take you down to Rucker Park in New York City and have a slam dunk. Just have you walk in with a hoodie on. Yeah, I mean, after you he know? sends you the program. You no, work, no, no. You I want to walk, walk, walk down to Rucker Park. Dude, I want to go down to – talked about how you can't even walk. Ben right Pat- no, I'm going to take Ben, and I want to take him to the park. And he's just going to have a hoodie on, and we'll look at all oh, the brothers. Oh, look at the brothers. Hey, okay, all the brothers say, you're going to Wesley Snipes him. Okay, my I boy's going to outdunk you, and they're going to throw money on the ground. <laughs> I said, all right, Darren, all right, Darren, you pick anybody here. Yeah. Man. See, yeah, hey, white boy, hey, white boy in the hoodie. <laughs> hey, come over here. Oh, just going to Wesley Snipes him. Hey, man, not, just stop before we go there. Uh, ben, I'm going to sign up for the program. My mother is going to sign up for the program now as well. My oh, mother's awesome. had same knee problems for a long time, uh, 74 now. And I'm going to get her on the program because you said something earlier uh, about walking backwards. This is the first time she's been going to a little rehab uh, clinic close to her house, and he had her starting to walk backwards on a treadmill. Wow, wow. And it was – and she's gotten progressively better. They must watch your and, stuff. Yeah, so – uh, I want to follow up. On, I'll follow up offline when we get done here, but uh, I, I definitely want to get on the program. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and with you guys, I'll, I'll just um, like text you or like just. Yeah, Ben, ben will get us simplest. on a group text here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can kind of make it, you know, simplest on what I think is 
smartest to start with and stuff awesome. like that. Yeah, you're about to transform two white boys in an old broke ass. So, <laughs> It's not even fair. Man. Yeah, no, it's not. Before we get to our last question, which we ask every guest, I do want to let people know where they can find you. on Insta- You're on Instagram at, at Knees Over Toes Guy, which is a phenomenal name, yeah. by the way. And you also got a great first name at Ben. ben so that, that's awesome. Uh, on YouTube, you're the Knees Over Toes Guy. So two words there. And then your online training program, make sure I get this right. Call me out if I don't. ATGOnlineCoaching.com. Yep, that's a great, that's exactly right. ATG, it's, you know, it's kind of synonymous with the ass to grass idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that, stands, that stands for Athletic Truth Group. Uh, you know, who, who knows how far, like, the knees over toes stuff will go. I just wanted to, like, I wanted to really be there to help people. I never wanted, like, the business, you know, sure. to be about me. So, yeah. Sure. Um, that that's what I continue to try to put out is like a, a system of athletic truth, you know, that someone could use for any purpose. Love it. Love it. Darren's actually pulling up the, the website up right now. now. Yeah, man. He's about it to type nice. in his information, but yeah. yeah, if you're listening to this, you love this conversation, go visit his Instagram, go visit his YouTube channel. He's putting out all this content for free. Go to his website. Last question. We ask every guest this, this goes back more to your journey than it does your, uh, your area of practice. But, if you could go back to any point in your life and tell yourself one thing, doesn't necessarily mean you go change anything, but if you could just go tell yourself one thing, where do you go and what do you tell yourself? Well, I mean, in light of current events, probably just Bitcoin or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Finally, an honest answer. Touche. <laughs> but, but funny enough, I'm, funny enough, I'm like you guys, and I believe. Um, I, I'm sure that stuff is awesome, but um, I, I believe in like putting my money into safer real estate investments. Mm. But no, if I could go back, I don't know, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing, you know, um, might've, might've messed something up about the journey. Yeah. 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 How would you encourage your 12 year old? self? Maybe just tell myself like, you know, it is going to work out. So don't give up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. awesome. I love that. Man, this is a lot of fun. This this exceeded even exceeded expectations. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot yeah. of fun. Ben, really appreciate you, man, and the time and the and the wisdom that you brought today. Yeah. The only and question I've got, Ben, is I'm going I through your appreciate you guys trust me. No, no, no we appreciate you, man. The, the the only question I was gonna ask is I'm going through your website. I don't see where the bicep workouts are at. <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing it? Where, where are the bicep I, curls? Am I missing it somewhere here? <laughs> Sorry, dude. I, I don't have any curls in the program. I do use like full range of motion, rows and pull-ups and stuff uh, like that. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to figure it okay. I think that's the number one the number one factor in uh, vertical jump is big biceps, right? Isn't that, isn't that what they say? It's hey, number, ben, number two. Yeah. Hey, hey, Ben, on a serious note, are, do, do you do a lot of the shoulder work as well, shoulder flexibility uh, on, the, on your yeah. program? Yeah. So every, it's all full body programs. Okay. Um, and the purpose of every single session is to be creating long-term bulletproofing in some way. So ankles, shins, knees, hamstrings, hips, uh, spine, shoulders, you know, um, that that's the goal is, is these common areas that people are struggling with long-term solutions for, but it's, it's much harder to like, you know, try to market everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Understood. Okay. Awesome. Well, Ben, thank you so much, man. Your yeah. story is incredible. What you're doing, the impact that you're making. What I just love though, is I, I love the the mission that you have, right? Is, is look, yes, like business comes great. Awesome. But my goal is to help people and that's really right. make a difference. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the difference in athletes. It's like, yeah, that's awesome. If like 
less NFL guys would get hurt. But what about the other 499,900,000, you know, 970 people <laughs> that hurt yeah. in head? the country? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about that for 10 minutes, by the way. What's that number? You know, what about all the other people that are, if, if that was your only focus, that are missing out on quality? That's right. Mm-hmm. And so appreciate what you're doing, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do think there's like, there's more long-term joy to be had there by helping other people, you know, like you're one person. So like whatever you could achieve, you could achieve it and then kind of get burnt out. Like, where do you go from there? Like you already achieved certain things, you know, but, but I mean, if you're helping people, it's almost like you kind of, you, you never run out of that fire. That's awesome. Well, all the best, man. We'll connect offline for sure. Ben, will you? Yeah. We'll tell everybody your phone number and uh, they can text you (laughs) personal, your home address, my phone number. (laughs) Hey Ben, where are you located again? Uh, I live in LA. Okay. Um, You're in LA. Okay. Southern okay. California. Okay. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. We're back. Right. All right. All right. Thanks again, Ben. We appreciate you, man. All right. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks, See man. you. All right.